Welcome to the Inform Advocate Podcast. I'm your host, Sharon, the number one self-care giver. This podcast is the intersection of self-care, advocacy, and compassion for self-care givers. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So for this episode, I want to focus on integrating self-care into the workspace, into a workspace and at home integrating self-care into the workspace and home. So first, I want to begin with a question, with a few questions. What is self-care? What does self-care mean for you when you hear self-care? What comes to your mind? So it's really important for you to be able to define that. And then sometimes self-care may not be what you think. (laughs) It may not be what you think. The other thing is, as if you are a leader, no matter where you are on that level, whether you're a supervisor, a manager, CEO, the executive suite, the C-suite, wherever you are, What does self-care mean to you and how do you support those that you lead when it comes to self-care? And then as a employee, what does self-care mean to you? Pretty much the same questions. What comes to your mind? And I would say here at the Informed Advocate Podcast, here with Sharon Brown here with Affirm Holistic Network. Self-care is anything that cultivates, that pretty much helps you mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, and even financially. Any activity, practice, ritual that cultivates that cultivates your mind, your spirit, your body, any activity, any ritual, anything. And so a lot of things can come to play. The other thing I want to say too, self-care is a practice. Self-care is a ritual that helps you to alleviate stress and prevent burnout, especially at work, and definitely when it comes to our home life. And so again, now that we have, shall I say, a framework, what does self-care mean to you? And yes, it does include pedicures and manicures and going to um, the uh, massage, massage, <laughs> getting a massage, going to the spa. That's what I was trying to say, trying to combine them both together. <laughs> and so, yes, it includes that because of the fact, go back and listen to previous episodes, especially regarding stress and trauma. And then some other ones about that, things that we need to do to pretty much help settle the nervous system, okay? So we have that straight. So when we're talking about integrating self-care into the workplace, one thing that I will say, a lot of jobs really do have 
awesome well-being um, platforms, well-being programs, should I say, Definitely. I know one place where I work, it had the best. It was almost like if you're not doing some type of self-care is either one, you're not paying attention or two, your job. Sometimes the job that you're in, it really doesn't almost allow you to practice self-care. Um, and that's something that needs to be addressed as well. And so that's the other thing. And that's kind of like the key is like for leaders to really look at your job, because I've seen it too, you know, going above and beyond the call of duty is not sustainable and it's killing you. And then you expect that same thing from your workers and when they don't, and then it's, it's almost kind of like when those that you lead take off work, especially regularly in taking care of themselves, you know, like what is your process? Because we know that, you know, the job have to be done when it comes to productivity. So again, how do you really support that? You know, because I've also seen too, I've seen it firsthand where a job can have a magnificent uh, well-being program, really promoting their um, employees to go for walks, to take care of themselves and things like that, to eat healthy, but the supervisor really isn't promoting that. Um, so how can that be married? You know, how can um, supervisors, uh, managers really buy into that? You know, it is really important because, again, you can have someone at work. Oh, yeah, they could come into work. And I didn't even realize this. I didn't realize it was a word for it. I say it like that because we've all done it. I've been guilty of it in the past as well, where we're going to work. We're not feeling good. We're just not there, but we go to work anyway, because some of these jobs have really strict guidelines. I understand why to a certain extent, because somebody is taking advantage of something. And that's the other side of it, too, is that, come on, workers, Got to do better. Stop taking advantage so that these jobs won't have these strict guidelines. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sometimes it is because of a business need, but a lot of times it's because somebody or some people have really just done too much. <laughs> just done too much. It's not even just about taking time off. It's, it's, more, it's more than that. However, however, when you invest in your, for those that you lead, when you invest in their well-being, that is how you're going to get a return in your investment. This is where productivity is going to come to pe- come to play. This is where your employees, they're going to go out of their way because they feel supported, they feel heard, they feel seen, and they feel refreshed. Fresh. They're not burned out. They're not stressed when they're able to take adequate time off, just period. Um, kind of going back to that I wanted um, to say, you can have somebody at the job because sometimes you just need 
I've seen those jobs and I've had some of those jobs too, but you just need a body there. You know, it's like somebody got to fill the spot. Somebody need to be there. However, there's this thing called um, presentism. I hope I'm pronouncing it correct. I didn't even know that it existed until I was reading an article. I wish I could remember the name of the article, especially the author. I, I don't have it in front of me, so I'm not able to give shout out to the person <laughs> who had it in the article. But pretty much it's like you have somebody at work, their body is there, but it's like brain fog. They're not really there. The danger of having someone at work and they're not fully present is that it can increase injury. It can increase, you know, um, job accidents. It can increase, it can decrease productivity. It increases errors because they're just not focused. How many times have somebody have come back, especially after a loved one, you know, have passed? And, you know, for each person it's different, but for some individuals, it can be very overwhelming for that person, especially when it's unexpected. Um, sometimes even if it's not unexpected, it just really depends. Each person is different, you know, but sometimes people come back too early, you know, even when it comes to uh, medical challenges. And, you know, I realize you got to go to the letter of the law, you know, when it comes to family league Act, and I'm not even talking about that piece of it, you know, um, per se, that would be another conversation, but it's just more so about people being at a job and their mind just really isn't there. And to be honest, they're really not that pr productive. They're moving at a slower rate. So if it's a physical job, they're not able to really get the thing done and then all kind of things end up. <laughs> happening there often because they get written up for not meeting productivity. You, you, you know what I'm saying? But you ask them to be there instead of have allowing them to take care of themselves. You see how that works? So you see how self-care could really, really allow someone that space to really be able to take care of themselves. And sometimes it doesn't always mean, because again, a lot of jobs have in their policy especially, you know, if it's so many days and it seems like somebody may be depressed and it may or may not be that always. Someone can be down, but it may not always be depressed. And in either situation, it doesn't always mean that, um, well, let me say this first, is that sometimes some jobs would say, oh, well, you need to get a doctor's excuse. So either in seeing a medical doctor, a primary care physician, a family uh, physician, or to see a mental health professional. And sometimes it's not always that. And this is why self-care is so important because allow the person to decide what they want. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes some people can be in a state where they may not be able to make those decisions, probably in those situations, um, they may need to see, I would say, a medical professional, whether it's uh, mental health on the medical side sometimes, but it all depends. A lot of it is about choice. So for those jobs that really have a really good um, employee well-being program, 
continue to, you know, do what you're doing, just do more of it because the more people hear um, and see, but the main thing is when it comes to those programs, how are you allowing people the space and time to be able to partake in the activities? Because like you have them there, but if somebody is working in certain um, capacity where something has to be man at all time, how they're going to really get the time, you know, to partake in such activity, you know, because some for some jobs you can't always close something down. Like I'm thinking about, you know, manufacturing, you know, I mean, not unless you say, okay, at this hour, we're going to shut the whole thing down and allow everybody to participate or at least take turns. And so you can, you know, do it multiple times. So again, when it comes to leaders, what is your self-care? Because this is really, really, really important because how you view self-care, how you view taking care of yourself, how you're taking care of yourself, that is going to pretty much fickle down to how you are or are not supporting your workers. It's going to go into, you, you put it like this, you can end up having a bias against someone of taking care of themselves. The other thing I want to say too, that has um, come to my awareness and that I've had a realization, especially since I'm more focused on a business perspective, depends on like where individuals work, especially like in a medical and a mental health arena. You know, most individuals, even though they're supervisors and things, they're, you know, because I've been a supervisor in the past, we're not trained from the business perspective per se. We get some training like on on leadership, but not on the business perspective. So in saying that, meaning that and looking at all possibilities, you know, like when it comes to hiring, you know, and things like that, it's like, we don't go out and do those things. You know, we don't market, should I say, but I will definitely say it's important to, to learn about marketing because of the fact that is going to help you as a supervisor, even how you, um, deal with employees because of the fact but whatever service that you're providing it allows you to have more of a different and open mindset where you're not just focused on just what you have right here because when it comes to a business it's about testing it's about opportunities it's about possibilities but if you're just looking at your worker or who you have and that's what you have to work with then you're putting a lot of pressure on them you know where you know yeah some workers you may need to you know speak with and so again, how what you do in your own personal self-care um, arena has a lot to do with how much you're going to support. Because again, too much working without, like working without breaks. There are some jobs that have 12-hour shifts, 12-hour shifts, and have some policy that says um, you can take a break if. I can't remember the exact word, but almost like you can take a break if times allow or if it's possible because it's more important 
Yes, the job is important, but for a worker to go without no break, especially to do that over time, again, you're adding to the stress of that person. Nothing, 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 nothing. <laughs> okay. It's about preventing. And so employees, please, please, please look at your practice, look at your policy and see that they go hand in hand. One thing that people really don't realize, and I've come to realize this when it comes to psychology, and that's to say when it comes to biology one-on-one regarding the body, even when it comes to human development, people think that these things are just for, you know, the specialty field, like in mental health or for a doctor. No, no, no. It's for all of us. One, First of all, to know ourselves personally, and then also of how to deal with other people is to have an understanding. And so when I say that, when I say psychology, just more so of relating to other people, kind of like how the mind works. You know, when I say biology, kind of like how the body works, you know, what, what stress, what stress does to the body, what stress does to the mind, what stress does to the spirit. You need a new, you, you need a new, you need to know that <laughs> it's, you need to know that for yourself and you definitely need to know that as a person who's in leadership, because that's going to impact your bottom line, because if you're not understanding that, then you will not be able to have um, compassion when someone is going through something and experiencing. And like I say, everything doesn't always require, because again, I've, I've done a previous episode about um, um, emergency room waits. Everything doesn't require someone to go to the emergency room. Now it does uh, require someone to actively do something regarding whatever it is that they're experiencing. Like when it comes to, you know, there, there's effort, there's work, and it has to be intentional um, in doing something. So again, how can you, you know, what do you think about when it comes to self-care? What is your own self-care practices and rituals, and then how do you support others in self-care? Now, when we talk about the home life, that's going back to all of us, whether you know, you're a leader or not. But again, with leaders, what's your personal practice? What are your views? How are you taking care of your mind? How are you taking care of your body? And again, when it comes to all of us, how am I taking care of myself? How am I taking care of my mind? How am I taking care of my body? I mean, there are times that things are coming down at me and I'm like, what is this? And sometimes it it knocks me down, <laughs> you know? There have been um, times in which I've had stress come into my life and it's like I stop doing the things that I need to do to take care of myself or either I slow down because even a, a few months ago, you know, I, there was some stressful things that kind of came down um, for me. And when it came to going to the gym, that slowed down. It slowed down so much until there were a period of time that I didn't go to the gym, you know, not as often and then eventually none at all. I mean, since then I've started back, but that again, you know, we all have what we call a default coping mechanism. And so, you know, it's slowing down, you know? So even me in this self-care arena, 
I even become, you know, um, where I'm not always able, you know, I'm practicing as much as I can, but sometimes some things are like, oh, what is this? <laughs> and even with support, because again, everybody's kind of going through their own thing. And sometimes people are going through things, you know, at the um, same time. So when it comes to you, when it comes to self-care, how do you integrate self-care in the workspace? And even though I was talking directly to um, leaders, but what about workers? What about an employee? As an employee, how do you integrate self-care into your workspace? You know, when things become stressful, I know for myself, things that I've done in the past, um, I can remember when I started a job and I knew it was definitely a desk job of working in a cubicle. Yes, even in the mental health field, <laughs> working in a cubicle and um, sitting in front of the computer. And initially when I started, I remember I was there, I think like six months and I like gained eight pounds. I'm like, oh no, I got to do something here. I got to get up and walk and this, that, and the other. And um, at that particular time, you know, my exercise routine probably initially wasn't regularly, but then it got regularly. And then again, what happened when it you know, the regular stress of the job slowly, slowly, slowly got out of the habit of doing that, then ended up developing um, um, SI joint pain, you know, and yoga is the thing that really, really helped that. Um, I definitely will say that. So I integrated yoga, not intentionally, to be honest. <laughs> it was more of doing yoga and that was the side effect of doing yoga that it relieved that pain. Um, it, it wasn't intentional. So that's how sometimes we can learn um, as well. So again, as an employee, you know, what do you think about um, self-care? What are the things that come to your mind or what self-care is? If work gets so stressful, do you take those deep breaths? You know, when you know you may be going into a meeting and where things um, uh, may not always be agreeable, especially when you leave the meeting. You may not go into the meeting knowing that, but you may leave a meeting, you know, feeling very frustrated. Are you allowed to go for a walk? Because a lot of times, oh, it's not your, you know, lunch break or it's not your break time. And because jobs really do have, you know, these strict rules and things like that. And like I say, in some settings, um, you're not, able to, you know, um, do that. But when I'm inviting employers and employees to do is to really look at that, because if we do not get a break, um, our society kind of have this thing. It's like, I kind of call it, if you degreed, not meaning somebody who has a degree. Um, and if you have a certain title or work certain places, people just think you're immune you know, to stress that you're exempt for something. No, you're not. No, you're not. Um, I was listening to a podcast. It was uh, Dr. G um, Gabor uh, Monty. Um, he's written a new book. I can't remember the name of the new book um, right now, uh, but he um, he's a physician and um, like I said, physician turned into a therapist. <laughs> 
and um, he specializes in trauma and just certain things that he saw as a physician. But anyway, he had went somewhere overseas and um, I know it was, um, I don't want to say it was something tribal to participate in a, a tribal ceremony. And it was other, you know, let's say physicians or people with certain credentials and I think he was there just to kind of be of support, but they would not allow him <laughs> to participate because they felt his energy. And it's because like, even though he was doing, you know, yoga and meditation, it still wasn't enough to offset the energy that he endures as a clinician. Because again, he's enduring this as a clinician as he's trying to make other people well. So that's just another example that we are always needing to look for different things that he may probably didn't even know it, but it was almost like, and we probably have experienced this. We go into a room or come across somebody and there's just this dark energy. He's like, oh, my vibes is just something. And it doesn't mean the person is bad or anything, but because of, the amount, you know, I don't know, is it the time, the amount of time, you know, over a period of time, or just the amount of people that he has helped? Because hearing these stories, it really does something. And believe me, I discovered that <laughs> early in my career. I didn't have the tools at that time either. Didn't know anything about what I know now. What I know now has come about within the past five to seven years. And so I didn't know anything about ground and I just wanted to get away. <laughs> um, but again, you know, as an employee, what do you do? You know, are you able to walk? Are you able to, you know, sit at your desk and take deep breaths? If you work in a factory, what can you do? You know, because it can get pretty busy. Um, I know that um, I know someone who worked in a factory for like 30 years and had developed arthritis, you know, and so what are the things that you can do in order to, you know, prevent that from happening? I can remember when I worked uh, for the post office and that short time that I worked for the post office, oh my gosh, my back hurts so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this, I cannot do this. I can even remember working in um, retail. And one time I was stocking something. I said, I can't do this. I need to uh, be at the cash register. <laughs> All of that bending and stuff. So you see, so it's kind of like, um, what can we do to take care of ourselves to offset, you know, whatever it is that we're doing so that we can be healthy and well. That's the main thing. Um, there have been other times when I've been on a job that I've taken my yoga mat in which, you know, I was the only one in the office. So I was able to do that or to take um, a stability ball and sit on that. You know, for those of you who work at home, what are you able to do? And, and that's the other thing, you know, if you are a leader, you know, and you have someone working at home, what is your thought process because some people have oh it's almost like they got to do more work you know like, oh no they got to be busy all the time if they're in the office but they really be busy like that and so really look at your thought process when it comes to like how do you view that because you can have certain biases and why do you think that 
Um, and so again, you know, as individuals, whether we're a leader or a worker or a combination of both, of course, you know, <laughs> that we need to be mindful of our own blind spots and our own biases because they really can impact, especially as leaders, they can impact the decisions that you make, what you're going to support, what you're not going to support, um, and whether it's helpful or you're going to have somebody at work who's really not there that needs, you know, a day off. Um, the other thing is, I mean, I say it somewhere else, but I just say have a self-care day off, you know, because sometimes some people just need that, especially, you know, let's, let's say that, you know, your department is working on a project and people have been working real hard, extra hours, yeah, think of, you know, how you can give people time off, you know, after that, something that they can do. I'm going to give people uh, gift cards to go and get a massage, um, even if you, you know, play uh, golf, you know, um, and doing different activities and not just get back in there um, grinding thing, you know, and, and coming back to work. So again, Thank you, thank you, thank you. The main thing that I wanted to say, you know, within this podcast is really is to think about how you think about self-care and to have some self-care tools, what works for you, try different things, and also to allow other people space and time to take care of themselves. And even if that's just to go for a walk, even if that's just to go and get a cup of tea, even if you're offering something, even if it's just listening to some relaxing music or some music to make you move, because sometimes we need that too, you know, and not to be thinking something is wrong with someone because they go off, because they're by themselves or something was frustrating and they go off, you know, so that they can pretty much out of their body, give people space to do that. So going back to the beginning or somewhere in the early on, this is why it's important to know psychology 101, biology 101, the kind of how the mind works, how the body works, you know, human development, because it all has it, it all has to do with how we relate to one another. And when you have an understanding of that, you approach it so differently. And then you won't take it personal yourself or just look at the fact, oh, they just need to do their job. You know, it's more than that. You know, it's more than that. You know, one, we don't always know what's going on with people. And even if we do, we still need to give people, you know, space, you know, and things like that. So again, look at your own self-care definition, have some self-care tools and make sure you're doing them and allow others to do it as well. So thank you for watching this episode of the Informed Advocate Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and follow Informed Advocate Podcast on Anchor or Spotify. You can also find us on YouTube. For updates on workshops, training, and conferences, go to www.affirmholisticnetwork.net and that's holistic with a W. Also follow Affirm Holistic Network on Instagram and Facebook.